Hi everyone, I'm Amber Rose, the Religious Hippie, and welcome to A Catholic's Perspective. For those of you just finding this podcast, let me tell you a little about myself. I was born and raised a cradle Catholic until I fell away from the church for eight years. I just recently came back to the church and I could not be happier with where I am today. I am currently a junior in college and I'm studying graphic design. I am an ambassador for multiple amazing Catholic Christian companies and I love working with all of them. Now, some of you may already know me from my popular religious hippie social media channels, such as TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I have all kinds of Catholic content on there, so don't forget to go check those out. So the reason I wanted to start a podcast was so that I'd be able to have a longer format which people could listen to from wherever they are. I particularly wanted to address issues that young Catholics face today in the secular world, and I want to do that by providing information along with commentary and even a little of my own opinion. I can't lie, from time to time I might be discussing very controversial issues, and some will find my opinions unappealing. But I do this out of my faith and service to God. We must keep communicating with each other, respecting each other, and put each other on the path to sainthood. I think you'll enjoy the podcasts coming up, and I thank you for being here with me. everyone and welcome back to my channel. Today I am with Ray Gaholba. He's from the Joy of the Faith YouTube and he's also working on the Eucharistic Miracle which is a movie in progress. Welcome Ray. Thank you for doing this. Yeah thanks Amber. I'm glad to be on. Yeah of course. Uh, Why don't you tell uh, a little bit about yourself to the viewers? Yeah so I'm just a normal guy. Uh, I don't do like religious stuff like full-time. I work for Lockheed Martin. They're a defense company and uh, live out in Kentucky and have a family. So we're going to be talking about fatherhood. It's going to be great, but started the Joy of the Faith YouTube channel a couple of years ago, and it has been awesome and led to making this movie on Eucharistic miracles, which has been like one of the coolest experiences of my life to actually like travel and see these miracles and speak with the doctors. And it's been amazing. So God is good. And I love being Catholic and I love seeing the Catholic world like blow up and people be excited about the faith and, you know, start their own platform. So it's, I always love watching your stuff. You're hilarious so thank you I think we met like a year ago and you approached me with a a video opportunity to talk about the Latin mass and why I love it and why we came back to it Um, so that was really good so I will post that in the show notes and like you said today we're actually discussing fatherhood and we basically just want to go over like your experiences like how to keep kids in the faith all that fun stuff so jumping right in uh, what does it mean to be a father so it's so interesting because I feel like they talk about like God the father and it's kind of like cliche you know it's like oh he's a good father he's a loving father and stuff but then when you actually become a father it's like oh my gosh this totally makes sense now Mm -hmm. so it's like I never like even when you're married or like dating or even if you're like caring for a sibling like you love them and like you care for them and like you're responsible for them in some ways but when you become a father it's like oh my gosh (laughs) they are like totally dependent on me and my wife you know and uh the weird thing is is that like as dependent as like our children are on us like we're even more dependent on god and it's just like it like blows your mind with like childlike faith and all this stuff it's like what in the world so um to me being a father is like owning the gift uh, that like god has given us to be cooperators in creating life and supporting that life you know Mm -hmm. Um, Scott Hahn always talks about like, you know, 
the marriage of spouses is so real that like nine months later, you like name that child, you know? <laughs> and uh, I always thought that was kind of funny, but it's just like, what? Like God allows us to create and then we like have kids to love on. And it's like, like the Lion King, you know, like the circle of life. It's like mm-hmm. so bizarre because my youngest sister is 10. So oh, wow. yeah, so I like, I was in high school when she was born. <laughs> so it was like so surreal, but like, so I got to like, oh, like raise her in so many ways. And like, now she's 10 and my, my sons love her. And like, you know, then they'll like be a certain age and she'll have kids. And it's just like, it's so cool to see how that works out and just like totally orders life in such a cool way and like makes Catholicism make even more sense. Right. It's such a broad picture too, when you look at it and yeah. you are the father of two little boys, twins, correct? Yes. Identical twins. Oh, that's, that's Funny story there. I, um, so I met my wife through my grandparents. It's like uh-huh. a really crazy story. We're like going to write a book and then hopefully a movie on it. Cause it's like a super cool Catholic chick flick, you know? Right. Uh, but like clean, you know? So uh, <laughs> the best ones. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So when I was like the first night I met her, I asked her how many kids she wanted, which is like not probably not a good question to ask on like the first time meeting someone, but I did it anyway. So anyone watching, like that's probably not a good idea. Maybe like second date, you know, but uh, she had the best answer. And she said one at a time in God's time. And I was like, that's a really good answer. And then I later like became good friends with an identical twin. And he said, well, one at a time, like that means like no twins. Right. So after that, I would say, when I tell people the story, she'd say one at a time in God's time. And then I would say, good, because I don't want twins, even though I was just joking, you know? <laughs> and like, people always got a kick out of that. So when we, like, when we saw the ultrasound, I like saw that and I was like, oh man, that's like not a head and a butt. That's like two. But I this didn't want to- like, This is God playing a practical joke. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, so the, the technician was like, there's two. And Anne-Marie's like, what? Like my wife. And I'm like, they're twins. And- she was like, so I just thought like, she's crying and I'm like laughing. Cause I'm like, <laughs> that's funny. God, you know, I was kidding, but I'll take them, you know, that is too cute. And they're two years old now, right? Yes. And awesome. another one's on the way. Yes. Just one, just one. So oh, I was fangirling earlier. <laughs> I know, it's amazing. We were, uh, yeah. So, um, I'm one of, I'm one of, uh, seven yeah I'm one of seven kids I know right my my wife is one of six kids so like we're both from big families so like people always ask us like they see like Dominic and Michael they're like are you gonna have more we're like yeah you know um so we we definitely would be open to twins again of course but we were like it'd be kind of nice to have like one baby like Mm. rather like twins back to back like that'd be pretty intense so when Dominic and Michael like found out Emery was pregnant whenever we'd say is it a boy or a girl they'd always say two babies Mm. and we were like so when we went in for the ultrasound we're like can we get a selfie video of us because our sons say it's two and if it's two we want to get a reaction so <laughs> just one, so we're uh we're blessed that's crazy oh I love that so much I yeah. mean that is such an interesting stage too as a babysitter who I mean it's not the same as parenting obviously but yeah. um I've babysat kids of all different ages of all different types of parents backgrounds etc and I always find that the ages between two and five are like the most interesting stages. 
That's when they're like a sponge. I mean, they're a sponge for basically their whole life, but um, especially in those stages, they're really absorbing and learning what's safe and what's not safe through their parents. They're learning what's edible and what's not edible. Um, and they're really like exploring their own personalities. What, what has fatherhood taught you so far? Uh, what it's, it's so cool how you bring up that, that whole transition of like the sponge because, uh, and like what's good and not good to eat. Cause like actually today, Michael, I was like, it, we went to like mass and uh-huh. uh, some, they were like, boys are like pretty crazy. But like when you have two boys and they're like two and they're like running around church and like throwing sunglasses. So I like took them outside. Um, but like afterwards, all these people were like, they were amazing. Like bring them back, you know? And so while I was talking to one guy, um, Dominic or Michael got into like vitamins and like ate a vitamin. Oh. And like, so like, I see him like spitting this white stuff out of his mouth and he's like, oh, water, you know? So I gave it to him, but it was just like so funny. Like he learned a lesson there. But um, the thing that I've learned the most is that um, like they're, like kids are always watching. And I think mm. it, it shows that like, not, not only kids are always watching, but people are always watching. You know, like they learn by viewing and um, that has like reaped so much joy, I think because throughout all like this pandemic and craziness, like it's been so cool having them to uh, like, to just love on and like enjoy life. And uh, I guess they're really sweet boys. You'll see them like, they'll come down a little bit, but they're just like so joyful and happy. And uh, it's just like amazing to like, like like they smile and you look into their eyes and it's just like, oh my gosh, it's like almost like a glimpse of heaven. You know, it's just like really amazing because like they, they're so like innocent and like all they have is like love and like joy and excitement. And uh, it's just really amazing to see that. And like in this world where things are so uncertain and crazy, it's cool to think that like these little children that the world says are so burdensome are actually the ones that bring so much joy, you know, like working on this movie has been unreal and like so much stress and all this stuff. But like, I cannot imagine how much harder it would have been if I wouldn't have these two cute boys and an amazing wife to like love on and like love me and, and like pick you up, like they don't know what's going on, you know, like right. things might be like super horrible, but they're just there and like smiling and like laughing. And it's just, it's amazing to like have that where, um, and maybe that's part of the reason why like society is so messed up because like people are so closed off to life and think of like children as a burden. Mm-hmm. But when, when you like love and like sacrifice, cause like being a parent is like super hard too, you know? <laughs> um, but when you, when you recognize that all of it is like sanctifying, then like it changes everything and uh, it allows you to grow in so many ways, of course, but that like in turn, like helps the child be, I guess, better behaved and more loving because like they see the love that you have, you know? Right. Uh, so that's been really pretty amazing. Like, it's so cool. Like when I kiss my wife, like in front of the boys, they're like, again, you know, like <laughs> that, you know, like there's just so many things and, uh, it's, it's really cool. Having twins especially is really neat because like the love they have with each other, like what one of them was gone, like at someone else's house. And when they came back, the first thing he did was went and gave his brother a hug, you know? Like, oh my gosh. They're like two years old. Like, how do they know that? But uh, I, I think it really just shows like this, um, this like, ch- like this childlike dependence that we don't really understand. We fully have on God and like how they have it, but they don't recognize that they have it, you know? So there's, there's so much to it, but I think it, it really shows that there's like something so much more out there, mm-hmm. right? We're not just like born and like work and like, 
there's there's something greater to be had and like it's it's amazing to think that like god allows us to like grow and love by having children right because right. like they didn't exist before so like i have a love now that i have for dominic and michael that i didn't have before they existed you know so it's just there's so much and like i don't know if any of this makes sense but hopefully it does and, <laughs> no it uh, does yeah so I just love it. It's, it's amazing. I never uh, thought being like a father would be so awesome because yeah. like the world kind of says like, once you have ki- like kids, like life kind of sucks, you know, like you don't have freedom and stuff. And like, we've been with Dominic and Michael every single night since they've been born. Like my wife and I haven't had like a night off. Uh-huh. So that'll be soon. But um, it's just like, like the, the sanctity of life really makes sense when you like order things properly. And um, we actually went to our doctor, like, you know, like, you know, the family doctor, whatever. And he was doing a checkup on the boys. And he was like, man, your, your sons are like so joyful. And I was like, well, thank you. And he's like, you know why? And I was like, no. And he's like, cause you guys are. Mm. And I was like, really? And he's like, I've been doing this for 25 years. And I see it. I see like, uh, sad parents and then they have sad children. And then their children are also sad. Like it's, it's a generational cycle, you know, but yeah, I see like joyful parents and then their kids are joyful. And it's just, and, and it's cool to think that like, in like the concept of like, being saints and making more saints like that's that's like how it goes and uh it's just awesome that god gives us the grace to do it absolutely i mean our call is to be joyful in everything we do whether that's parented like parenting or or working whatever it is i know you said that um the kids are basically like sponges right now like they're really observant and things was there anything in your adolescence or childhood that impacted the way you parent now yeah. So my dad's dad, who I'm named after died when he was 18. So, um, like from 18 on up, like he didn't have a dad. And I remember like when I was a teenager thinking like, Oh my gosh, I have my dad right now, but my dad didn't have his dad, you know, a couple of years from like the age that I was, you know, and it always like, it always like was something in my mind to think that like, wow, like we're not always guaranteed like tomorrow, you know, and, and like the people in our lives, like will not always be there. Um, so that was something really big in my own life that was like a constant reminder is like just enjoying like the present moment. And, uh, that's, that's probably been one of like the biggest things in parenthood is like, cause it's super easy to get like bogged down with like the dishes and laundry and work <laughs> and like all these things that we're doing and like be like stressed out. So we can't enjoy the people that are in our presence. Right. But it's, right. it's, um, it's super important to, to recognize that like all these things are just things and the people are the ones that are important and like to be loved and like focused upon. Right. No, absolutely. And it's so true. I mean, I can think of people who have impacted me and then there's, I've seen other families where I'm just like, Ooh, yeah, I would definitely not implement those things and certain things. One of the biggest things to implement though is faith. How, uh, how are you implementing faith into your boy's life and how do you think you'll continue it through their adolescence and teens? Yeah. So I love, like it, that's one of the coolest things, like as far as like the sponge element of it is that like from a really early age, they just like took onto the faith. So I always joke and I'm like, I'm hoping that Dominic and Michael will be the first identical twin boy saints. Cause oh, like, be so cute. I know. Cause Cosmos and Damien were twins, but we don't know if they're identical, you know? Right. Um, or they could be like priest twins or saints. Yeah. That'd be so yeah. Fun. Only God does of course. But, um, so we've like, since they were born pretty much every night said the rosary with them. And it was really cool. Like when they were first born, like, um, 
like they obviously didn't know like what was going on and stuff but like as they got <laughs> older it was really cool like we'd like light a candle like say the rosary and they like blowing out the candle and like almost got their finger burned like 10 times but I caught them you know yeah uh, so yeah and they love candles like that's one of like the big words they know like every time they're in a church they're like candle you know or like there's a book and a candle they're like candle so um, yeah but whenever like it was probably like a year ago that I taught them like oremus like let us pray in latin and they would do like the prayer hands you know so I have like all these videos of them doing that and that was really cool my wife is a really good singer so she sings the hail mary like every night before they go to bed and um, they like sing along with it too, like in their like baby way, you know, cause they're like, they don't like fully understand all the words yet. Um, and then the Gloria, like there was for a while, I would like chant it, like at least a part of it. So like when, when I like chant, like they'll, they'll like, they don't know the words, but they're like humming along to it. It's really cute. Um, but just like this last week, uh, partially due to like the Saint Maker, you know, that like uh, organizational planner, you know, yeah, uh, have been like, like getting up and like kneeling and praying so like that's what we do now is like they, I, I get them out of their crib in the morning you know we, we hang out in bed for a little bit and then we all get on our knees and pray and um even like today like at mass like I like genuflected and like Michael genuflected too you know because he like wants to be like dad right and so it's it's really cool uh going to mass like I said is very interesting with them um because like they don't really like sitting still so it's so funny like a couple weeks ago we were at mass and I was like taking them out to like go outside because they were being so like noisy. And Michael waved, bye Jesus. <laughs> oh, that is so cute. We're giving like everyone baby fever right now. Like I, I just, know. I know it. That is, oh, uh, that is the cutest thing. Yeah, I mean, and so- it, it goes to show how innocent kids are and how much they really do learn from their parents. I've met tons of parents who are like, my kid, you know, I didn't raise you to be like this. And I'm like, well, then who did Sharon? Because you either sent your kid to a public school where they learn this behavior or they're learning this behavior from you. Um, And I always, I would always say to myself, I'm like, don't blame other people for the behavior you tolerate from your kids. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, they soak up a lot. And even if you can't, I think that's why, you know, reflecting on our own selves, like I'm obviously nowhere near getting married or having kids, but I mean, even doing like a a reflection at night and like thinking like, what did I do bad today? What could I work on for myself is really like important for kids because when they see you working on yourself, they're going to be like, oh, I'm not perfect. I need to work on things. And I think it gives kids more respect when they see that their parents do make mistakes and that their parents own up to it. And they're just like, and the parents actually apologize to the kids when it's applicable, because then the kids have a greater understanding of what it means to parent and what it means to do it in a right way. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh yeah, totally. Like, I know that they're like, parents are like, I'm never going to apologize to my kid, but that's a horrible model because like, first of all, it lacks a bunch of humility. Um, But like no one's perfect so of course like like maybe that's what like spawns a lot of narcissism is that like concept but who knows um but you're you're spot on there like it's in like there's nothing that the kid hasn't learned that like the parent has not like taught in some way you know Mm -hmm. we're like allowed to happen and like discipline is like a super huge thing so we could like do like a separate video on discipline of course oh yeah Um, I think that's like super lacking in like society that's why like everyone's getting away with like murder like sometimes even literally you know yeah Uh, because like there is no concept of this and like yeah it's super hard to discipline 
And like, I really don't like doing it, of course, but like, I'm the dad. So I'm always like the disciplinarian, you know? Right. And, uh, but it, it, it's like a game changer as to like how, like, so like one of the things I do is like, I count to three, like one, two, three. And like, if, if you didn't do what I said by three, like, you know, you're going to like go in your crib or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so Michael is so obedient. Like all I have to do is say one and he does it, you know, <laughs> Dominic always waits till three. And then like, gives you like that. He like looks, he's uh-huh. like, what do you, do? you know? Yeah. So, Well, that's the funny thing too, is because kids, that's how kids learn. They test boundaries. And if the parents get tired and they just slip on certain boundaries, the kids are like, oh, I can get away with this now. And then sometimes they might get in trouble for it, but then other times they don't. So they're more likely to risk getting in trouble because they might or may not, you know, that happens so often when, when I babysit and it's very frustrating because kids have a lack of respect for authority and for just parent figures in general. And so much so to the fact that they're not willing to learn from the elders like we've done for literally centuries. And that's so important. And that's why I hate the public school system is because these kids are put into literally thousands of other kids who are literally their same age. They're not learning anything about real world, you know, growth and how to interact with people. They're basically staying in this immature mindset because they're surrounded by peers their exact same age, whereas it used to be kids used to learn from the home and they would learn from their grandparents and their parents and from grownups for the most part about how to live and things. And the moms would usually teach them most stuff. But it's just interesting how all of that kind of correlates. And I want I would just want to know, like, why are fathers important in the home? I obviously know why. And I feel like a lot of people do. But I mean, there are some people who don't have dads and they're fine, sort of, you know, obviously they probably have some trauma, but why are dads important? You know, it's such a great question. And uh, like literally two days ago, Anne-Marie, I think I was like, like Anne-Marie was trying to feed Michael or something or Dominic, one of them. And um, she like tried everything. And I like just walked down and like fed him and like, he did it, you know? Hmm. And she was like, wow, there is a difference. Like, in fathers, you know, like not, that she was like, not that she was like, oh, I didn't know that. Like, of course she already knew that, you know, we're like super on the same page with all that, which is great. But um, it was cool to hear that. And, um, you know, why is like a father needed? You know, with it being the year of St. Joseph, I think it's such a great reminder. I'm so glad it's like the year of St. Joseph now, because like, we really have such a fatherhood crisis. And um, like, if Jesus needed a father, right? Like even like the foster father at that, like we all need it. And I think it's needed because like, even if like, say you don't have a father, you need a father figure in your life. Because I think there's like, there's a point in like all of our lives where we're just like beat. Right. Mm -hmm. And we need to like, look to someone that like, maybe was in our our spot at one point, but persevered, you know, like if, um, I also think fathers are needed like on a, a super important realm for like the, like the wife, you know, like, I don't know how like single moms do it because like that is a lot of stress. And I think that's like potentially what has led to like a lot of like marriages not happening is like people being raised in like single parent households mm. and being like, well, I don't want to put my kid through this. Cause like, it was super hard for my mom, you know, like th- this is just not how we were made. Like, of course there's widows and things like that, you know? that like are able to do it. Um, but like in the, the, you know, the, the norm, right. Like how it was intended is like the complementarity of marriage. And I always like used to laugh that like, 
opposites attract. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But then like, once you have kids, you're like, oh, if you're like the same person, right? Yeah. You have a kid that's like totally opposite. You're going to be like, How, what do we do with this kid? You know, but like, it's so cool. Like one is more like the other and you can relate more and, and, and love in that certain way that the other couldn't. Um, so like, even in that way, um, like there's like certain attributes that like a mother has mm-hmm. or like a woman has that like a man doesn't have, you know, and vice versa. And um, like, there's something in us that, that desires like the traits of both parents, you know, in certain times, you know? So like, um, I've heard it said many times, like kids want to be like, boys want to be like their dad, you know? And like, uh, Emery's like, they just love, they love dad, you know? Like they want to be like dad. Like I was working out the other day and they came and like, we're doing like, Dominic did like a 30 second plank. And he was just like, you know, I was like, wow, that's amazing. So there, it's like how we're made to be like that. So maybe like, say there's like a, 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 like a woman or like, you know, a mother and like, she doesn't like, she loses the husband, like, and she has the daughter, like that, that's probably more salvageable than like the other way around, like where the mm-hmm. son has like no father. Um, but I think even in that, like my sisters, like so much of the identity comes from like the father and like who the man is and like how, how, like how the husband treats the wife is like such an image to the daughters of like how the husband or like the, the men should treat her, you know, right. and vice versa, like for boys, like they learn from their father, how to love their sisters and daughter, you know, and, and like wife and all that, you know, like it's, it's, it just like, how do you learn, but by looking up and um, even like on the spiritual realm, like you look up at like God, the father, and like, that's a portrayal of it in that. So I think the father is a, I mean, I don't, I don't think like human history has shown us that, men and women were to be together, you know, and that is what like built sturdy societies. And uh, I think that's like one of the only ways that we'll be able to recover what we have now, because we're in a a pretty dire spot. Absolutely. And I know I live near Chicago. And so there's a huge, huge lack of fathers in Chicago, especially in the minorities. And Mm -hmm. I always wondered why that is. And as I thought about it a bit more, I figured abortion was a huge issue for it because it gave the fathers a cop-out. And now though, there's this one bill that probably isn't going to pass or anything, but basically if a man gets a woman pregnant, she can sue him for $10,000 without having a real reason besides he got her pregnant and that's it. I doubt that it's actually going to go to state and get passed or anything, but it's just interesting how they're trying to come up with these, you know, get out of jail cards, so to speak. But the fatherlessness in, in major cities and, and just, I guess, in general is huge. And yeah, abortion is a cop-out, but do you also think it has to relate to faith and like the godless society? Oh yeah, definitely. And I think that like being like, there's no job harder than being a father and a mother. I like, you know, probably like being like the Pope and like bishops, you know, that, that's probably <laughs> a very challenging, you know. Different types of fathers. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like mother superiors and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But um, so like being a, a spiritual or physical parent is like so challenging. Um, and I know like it's it's pretty obvious as to why like we have such a fatherhood issue because being a father is super hard because like you always have to be on your A game, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe not always, but like the best fathers are like almost always on their A game, but they do it through the grace of the sacraments, you know? And like, cause it's easy to get frustrated about something, 
like even like driving and you know packing the car and like li- like even little things you know like you you come home from work and like the house is like a wreck and it's just like you know or like vice versa you're like the wife in that spot and like it's just the kids are sick like these things are very hard to like persevere in and uh, when like your kids are like mouthing off to you or you know, <laughs> patients like all these things like how you respond makes such a difference and it's easy to be like I'm just gonna re- run away from all that and like please myself you know I'm just gonna be mm-hmm. selfish and like not worry about anyone else um, and and really like that's where we are you know like cohabitation is such a such a tragedy like in these times like how <laughs> I mean the, the thing that like blows my mind is like I know like many people that have been like married and then divorced and like they just cohabitate and like don't get married again. What does this like teach people? You know, Um, it's really just so bizarre and like comes to the point like that like fathers also need to like stand up for like truth, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think that's part of the the challenge that we have now is that like our spiritual fathers aren't standing up for truth. Like whether they be priests or even like the fathers of their own household, you know, like sticking up for like the truth of like, morality within their families and things like that but like leading by example is such a hard thing to do and um it's really needed so it's like when there's all these stresses and like the devil's trying to divide the family i'm just gonna go away and do whatever i want you know like yeah i might have kids and they're like cute and stuff but i'm just gonna like please me you know Mm. that's that's what i see being like a big um problem you know and like i said like earlier this whole concept of like kids being a burden, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I just want to go and like do my hobbies and like go golfing. Like not that there's anything wrong with golfing. Take them with. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It's, it's like, I I find that there are so many men like my age that have kids and it's just like, man, I can't wait till they can go to bed so I can actually do what I want to do rather than like enjoying being a father because it's, it's, it's really amazing to be a father. And like, I'm sure it's harder when like they're teenagers and there's all this, you know, rebelliousness and whatnot. Um, but, uh, you know, I, there's a, there was three brothers that became priests, like a family where three brothers became priests and like two of the sisters became nuns. Oh, wow. And, yeah. I'll have to say the video. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, and they said like, what was so important to us is like, when we were growing up, we knew that our dad loved more than anything else being our father. Mm. And it like brought us so much peace and like joy and people know, like when, when you don't care about them, you know, like people know that. Even and, if like, it's, even know. if it's subconscious, like they still know, like you still get that feeling about it. Yeah. Yeah. And like it, it makes a world of a difference, you know, like why do we think people are fighting so like so much for abortion, all these things, because like they probably grew up in families where like they were felt, they felt like they were a burden or they hear about mm-hmm. these different things. Like, if there's a society where, you know, there's these big families and they like, not even big families, like families that love their children, their children love like them. It's, it just, it makes a whole, like it, it makes abortion almost like a non-thinkable thing, you know, where it's like, why would we do that? Like life is amazing. And uh, there's been nothing more bizarre. Um, this, this might sound really sad, but when Dominic was like being birthed, like when I saw his head, like the first thing I thought was, oh my gosh. In some states, you could kill like the baby, like right now. Mm, yeah. And like such a weird thought to come into my head, but I was like, wow, like how horrible is that? Like that these these little like gifts that give us so much joy could literally be murdered. So yeah, and um, 
a lack of responsibility surely has led to like the massive growth and like fatherhood and like like you said abortion being just like a cop-out but even like before abortion like contraception and all these things like when we don't order things properly like when god is not like our number one thing that we're focused on when like sex rises above like rises above god then like duh like when money rises above god like people do like it's that's why i love being catholic is that it orders everything properly and it's just it's the best thing ever so no for sure i love what you said about responsibility like it's a lack of responsibility i think a lack of responsibility also comes from an unwillingness to suffer and like we're called to suffer and yeah. but but people always view suffering in such a bad light and i i used to definitely have that view i was like i don't want to suffer like i'm 16 i want to have fun with friends like you know um but as you get older it's like suffering is just going to be a part of life and you might as well embrace it you know yeah. and i see these people that are constantly just trying to push suffering away instead of embracing it and uniting it with christ's suffering and yeah. it's crazy how the world is telling us do what makes you happy do you do you me too movement this and that and it's not bringing anyone happiness actually we we're happier when we suffer in a in a sense if it's ordered yeah no you're totally like spot on there and one of the things that as you're saying that i thought of was um oh i forgot it already <laughs> me I too <laughs> um oh yeah okay so one of the things that Amory and I decided to do before we like Dominic and Michael were even born was to say like, we will never say that Dominic and Michael are annoying, mm. right? But even if we are annoyed, we'll say they're very sanctifying at this moment. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. It's like it changes the perspective. Like, cause like, I feel like that, I mean, have I know people have said like, I'm annoying and that's like such a, like, it hurts like so bad, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so like, I can't imagine like being like a three-year-old and like the parents are like, oh, you're so annoying, you know? especially when it's the parents because like it's yeah. so impacting because that's where the child gets their identity from at first yeah. is from the parents and so exactly. if the parents tell them they're annoying that's going to be that's going to be something they carry with them even if they don't remember it they're going to remember the feeling indeed that so, is crazy it is but to wrap up like the suffering comment like yeah. um it is like i said before like it's not easy to be a parent but like suffering well is such a gift because um it's what allows you to like build the fortitude to like mm -hmm. always be on your a game and like maybe you feel horrible but you're like offering that up to jesus and people are like man like i like father mike schmitz is like a really good example like how like have you ever seen father mike schmitz like really sad you know like mm -hmm. or like really stressed like yeah he's like super stressed and stuff but he like he knows he's that, still like, he's still like very on top of like he's very a game still yeah I know. And it's like, and it's not him, of course, like it comes from Jesus, but like, it's, it's his ability to like suffer well and to like offer things up to, to, to allow like people to be like, to allow himself to be available and for like people to be inspired. Like it's, it's just, I mean, he's amazing. I love him. He's phenomenal. Oh, same. And for anyone listening who's like, I don't know if I can do this and stuff like that, it doesn't need to be an overnight thing. Like learning how to suffer, learning how to sacrifice for others, all this stuff is comes through Christ and it comes through, you know, receiving the sacraments, going to mass, working on our spiritual life, because God will give us the grace to be able to endure those things. Um, and so that's really important to remember that this isn't just an overnight change that you need to do. It's okay if you get annoyed. Emotions are human, but they need to be ordered. 
-hmm. you know, and you cannot take them out on other humans. You have to be able to express them. Like for me, I express my emotions through music and it's never directed at anybody. It's usually just me, my guitar and my, my microphone. Um, but you said also that with your wife and everything like that, I like parenting is such a support system. How do you and your wife support each other so that you guys can be fruitful for your children? Yeah. So, um, like I said before, I work during the day. So like, I pretty much don't see them for like several hours, you know, uh, like I've been blessed to work from home, but even like when I'm in the office, um, I know that like, she goes through a lot every day. Cause like raising twin boys is like super hard because they're like always on it. Um, so one of the things I do is like, I put them to bed every night and, um, it's like, so basically like, how do we help each other is like, we, re we recognize it's like a team effort, you know? So mm, like, it's yeah. really, I know there's some Catholics that are like, oh, well, you know, that's like the wife's job, but I don't really like that mentality. Mm -mm. I think that's very dangerous, like maybe for some people, but that's like kind of a high expectation to like even teach to anyone. But like, I know there, there are things, of course, but um, marriage is like, marriage is like <laughs> but yeah, it's like being like, like I recognize like Anne-Marie's getting a little, you know, heated and I'm like, all right, boys, let's go upstairs, you know, or like vice versa. Like, I'm like, Anne-Marie, I got to get this done. You know, like, like it's, it's, it's really amazing. And then just, um, I think it's Fulton Sheen talks about this, how, like, when you get married, it's like really cool. And then you have a kid and you're like amazed, like you fall in love with the other, like even deeper because like you see like nurturing side that they have. And like the way that they play with like the children and it's just like really attractive, you know? Um, so like recognizing that and like helping you grow like even deeper, you know? Um, so we're going to say something. I was going to say a huge part of that, I feel like is communication. And that sounds so cliche, but you guys, if you're not communicating with your significant other or your fiance or your husband, and you're not a good communicator, that's not a good excuse to just be not a good communicator. Learn to be a good communicator because it's going to make your marriage so much easier. I'm not anywhere near being able to get married. I'm just speaking from experience, from seeing other people, uh, families, etc. Communication is such a like such a big key. You have to be able to tell each other when you're stressed and when you need a break and when you need this or that. Like the amount of people I know who um, there was a woman who had four kids all under the age of like nine. And she was like, I really just need to go out. Like, I just need to get out. And the dad came home and finally she just told him like, I need to get out of the house. And he was like, I wish you would have told me sooner. Like, go get some coffee. Yeah. Like, I will watch the kids. Like, do whatever you need to do, you know? Oh my gosh, are the babies here? Yeah, they're coming. Oh my goodness. Uh, you guys, I am so excited. Ready? Boys, come on. You want to, you want to see some people? Come on. Person, it's about the same. They, they, they said hi, people. Like when we're out, they say hi, people. Oh, really? Oh, like, oh, oh, boy. Tell her name, they'll say hi to her. If you guys want to see the kids, you guys got to go to my YouTube channel because this is where it's, oh my goodness. Hi, how hi, hi baby. Hi, people. This is Michael. That one's Michael. Hi, Michael. Yes. Dominic, can you come over? Dominic's a little shyer. That's okay. Dominic, I understand, buddy. I, know, I would there's beat a, you. Lots of toys out here. <laughs> I know. Come to daddy. 
Oh, I love their little PJs. Oh, I know. I know. We, you guys, we if you're to- listening on the podcast, you have to go to my channel and look at these babies. They're the cutest little things you'll ever see. If you guys thought you had baby fever before, you guys got baby fever now. Oh my goodness. Yes. Can you, Hi guys. The cheese. Can you sing the Hail Mary? Can you sing this little out of mine? <laughs> Can you sing Gloria and Chelsea's Dale? No. No? Okay. <laughs> That was the end of his career. He's like, no, Dad, I'm done. <laughs> Dominic, can you say bye? Bye. Bye, Dominic. Can you say, um, can you show him the sign of the cross? <laughs> that is adorable. So oh, my goodness. All right. And they're going to bed now. My heart is so oh. full. I love that. Uh, boys, can you, do you want to show them Oremus? No. Okay. <laughs> <She's right now. laughs> I love that so much. They're so precious. I know, oh they're goodness. the best. What a I great know. way. Great, what a great way to wrap it up. I love I love it when kids sing. Like, oh, my heart. I, I can't. I know. Um, how, like, with babies, like, if babies are this cute, like, we're going to have, like, 20 of them. Like, it's I'm surprised crazy. there weren't no ba- more babies during COVID. I know. I know. Where's the but, baby boom? I know. That is... There would have been like a like a baby boom like in other generations, but contraception's out here now, so it's kind of like gross. I know. I know what you mean. Well, I guess just to end on the last note, do you have any advice for anyone who does not have a father or a father figure? What they should do? Yeah. Um, here, give me just a second. Emery, can you put the boys uh, in the room now? That'd be great. Oh, I also want to talk about communication because yeah, of like, course. We talked about beforehand, and it's like super huge. Yeah, of course. Okay, so give me like thirty seconds. Good night, boys. I'm gonna go bless them. There, okay. thank you. Yes. <laughs> All right. So communication in marriage is huge. I know like three marriages that were like married in the Catholic Church and like divorced in like a year. And like all, all of them came down to like improper communication mm-hmm. and there was like other stuff, but like, I see it all the time. And it's sadly, it's a lot of the, a lot of time the wives are like, like it's communication on like the husband's end. Mm-hmm. But like, like you said before, like in that example, it's so like, when you just like hold things in and are like, how do they not get the hints? Like all the stuff you just need to be like upfront and like. Guys learn. are clueless sometimes. I know. It's disappointing. Yeah. I'm like, guys, how are you so clueless? You know, it's like not that hard to talk, but I guess it is kind of hard. So <laughs> um, yeah, it's, and that's why like, if, if I like won the lottery, my, like I would want to create like a pre-marriage communication, like, like group you know, that wasn't like your typical, like pre-candy stuff, like actually talked about like hard stuff, like in-laws and like all this, you know? Right. Uh, so That'd maybe one. So cool. Yeah. But it like, cause I just, it, it breaks my heart to see like these young couples, like that get married in the church, like getting divorced. And I'm like, what is going on? But it's just like such a break in communication. And like Satan wants marriages to be like fall apart, like all the time. So it makes sense. And that's why we need to be like often and frequent communication and like letting each other know, like, Hey, like something Amory and I do, which I would recommend for any married couples 
I don't know if I would recommend it for like not married couples, <laughs> but uh, is doing examinations of conscience together before confession. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's like super hard, but at the same time, like, and I, the question is like, how can I love you better? Mm. Or like, how have I not loved you well? You know, right. and like things that like people like might, might hold on their chest for like years can like be let out and like, obviously like do it in like a charitable way, like not have like the laundry list, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's it's really good. So I also feel like it's important because it's God the and it's God, then the father of the house, then the mother, and then the children, you know, that whole umbrella scheme kind of thing. And I think it's really important for the spouses to take care of each other for the sake of the children. And so if you as a couple need a getaway, like, you know, get that getaway. And that getaway could just be a date night for an hour or two while somebody watches the kids. Um, it's so important that you guys are taking care of your relationship because if that falters, the kids suffer. And yeah. um, I think one of the best things that I've heard is like once a week um, throughout the week, like this couple would write down stuff in a notepad, like stuff that they need to talk about, but maybe they'll forget about when their spouse comes home. And then at the end of the week, they get together over coffee or, or something during the morning or evening, and they go over that list so that they keep that communication up and they can really be on the same page. Um, I think that's very, very important. Yeah, I totally agree. It's, um, that is such a good idea. I've never thought about that. So we'll have to do that because there's so many times. It out. Like, yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> Let me know how it works. <laughs> All right, for sure. That's awesome. But yeah, I guess going back to our last question again, um, if you have any advice for men or women who didn't grow up with fathers, what they should do to find a father figure or, or how to be fathers one day? Yeah, so um, I was talking to my wife about this beforehand. And I think it's important, even if you have a father, because like, not all fathers are like really good at being fathers mm-hmm. at all times, you know, like maybe there's like different phases in your life. So it's important to have like a father, like figure, almost like a mentor. I would like rather call it, you know, mm-hmm. um, like my grandpa GP, he died like a month ago and it was like the best mentor ever. Like he set me up with my wife and it was like, <laughs> amazing. so, um, but like, I would talk to him and like get advice. And um, he like really helped my marriage because like he didn't have anyone to learn from. So he made a bunch of mistakes, like just like arguing stuff, like little mistakes. Mm -hmm. But like after his wife died, like my grandma, who's also my godfather, um, he said, man, I wish I would have done this and this and this. So like starting out in a new marriage, it was like awesome, you know? And he gave me so much good advice, which I could share if we do a talk on marriage because I love marriage and it's the best thing ever. Um, But- That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And Amory could join because she loves talking about marriage too. But um, yeah, like to, to find someone that can be like a father figure, you know? Um, now, like one thing I'll like caveat on that, like try to find like a Catholic, you know, or like a really awesome Christian um, because that could also have like a very negative effect if you find like someone worldly and mm-hmm. like their worldview is totally like against what you're living for. Um Where do you think people could find a father figure, like a priest? um... Yeah, uh, like I've met, like I know several people that like found like a really awesome like spiritual father, you know. Um, But like grandparents are also like really good um, because like they were kind of raised before like the world came apart, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that's like really nice to like have like more of a traditional look on it, and like maybe even like help you understand your parents better, especially if like you're in a hard spot. but, uh, 
if all else fails, just watch like every Fulton Sheen video. <laughs> yeah. I love Fulton Sheen. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Ray, for coming on and doing this. And where can my followers find you? Yeah, you can check out my YouTube channel, uh, The Joy of the Faith, and then also the Eucharistic Miracles movie. Like they're on Instagram as like Eucharistic Miracles movie or the website, eucharisticmiraclesmovie.com. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much again. And we'll have to have you on again to talk about marriage and like a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me on, Amber. This has been a blast. Of course. I hope this helped anybody who is struggling with fatherhood. Maybe you didn't have a good father. Maybe you're just curious, whatever it might be. I hope this podcast helped you and I will talk to you guys in the next podcast. Bye. questions or comments about today's episode, email me at thereligioushippie at gmail.com or leave a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash thereligioushippie. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please be sure to rate and review this episode. This podcast is produced by Todd Fisher and distributed by Metacortex Publishing. This podcast is copyright. Any previously trademarked or copyright content is used by permission. Information and opinions stated in this podcast should not be construed as medical advice. Please be sure to visit the official website for the International Association of Metatomics at metatomics.org or find us on social media for other unique content.